0: Facebook's promise of the metaverse parallels Uber's promise of self driving. These companies are promising something they might not be around long enough to deliver. Welcome to an all new episode of the McFuture Podcast. Predictions and prescriptions for a world drowning in hot girls selling their own farts in jars but starved for meaning. I'm Steve Factor. Today, we're going to talk about the meta hearse. I know you've probably heard of the metaverse. You've heard of meta, which is what Facebook uh, suddenly became. And you've heard of hearses, where we carry the dead. Well, uh, today, I'm going to bring them all together into one magical ball that I'm going to stuff into a jar and sell to you for the low, low price of $89. So I, I had no idea Facebook was going to announce its earnings. Well, I, I knew companies generally announced their earnings. I just didn't know when. And it just happened that a couple of days before I wrote, there is no metaverse, not for Facebook, and they know it better than anyone. And my validation came so hard and so fast. It turned out that Facebook, on its earnings call, announced that growth is slowing down. And for the first time, they announced a decline in active users. That is not a good sign for a growth company or what's supposed to be a growth company. And even their employees, they're vesting in February. So all of them are thinking of taking all their loot and those commemorative foam fingers. In their case, it's going to be all thumbs down. Uh, So they're thinking of leaving. And the company announced that it's also considering pivoting to video. And I'll talk about the irony of that in a second. You know, it's interesting. In 2018, I posted we're due for a decline in social media because you could see there were already these campaigns starting where people are like, you know, delete Facebook or, or whatever. And not that people were doing it, but I think people were just disenchanted because they're like, is this it? I'm just going to argue with Aunt Sally or I'm going to, or I'm going to read opinions from my mediocre friends who are regurgitating opinions from other mediocre personalities. So it, it just became this exhaustion and the upside wasn't worth it. And I think it just took a while for people to catch up. And especially during the Trump era, whatever you're pro or against Trump, that era was especially chaotic where people were just at each other's throats and they're kind of still there. And I wrote that in 2018. So I kind of expected this decline. But in 2008, I wrote something called (laughs) in the matrix, the pudgy nerds will rule. And I had this quote in it. It's my vision of a future where the virtual world is all-consuming and far more relevant than the real one. I just don't believe we're strong enough to resist a world of endless possibilities, instant gratifications, and candid shots of Britney. So that was 2008. So the question is, was I wrong? The fact that it looks like Facebook is abandoning the metaverse concept, is that a sign that Maybe I'm just a dork who likes a movie called The Matrix and there is no matrix to be found and there is no future for that concept. Maybe, but I think it's important to separate those two things. What's going on with Facebook and what the metaverse really needs to succeed. So I'm going to talk about both in a second. I don't want to belittle this. What Mark Zuckerberg and then later Sheryl Sandberg and that whole organization built spectacular. It is the pure monetization of our egos, of our narcissism, of our desire and need to connect with each other and to be heard. And it is nothing short of amazing. However, that also became the second greatest privacy invasion in the history of mankind. The first one, of course, is Google. And uh, if you want to look it up, I wrote an article called um, uh, Facebook versus Google data. I think it was at the time Facebook was about to IPO. Everything in there still stands. Google has something far more invasive, which is our desires, our hopes, our fears, our dreams. Facebook has our social resume. They have some other stuff, you know, if you're using their communication platforms, but it's very different psychologically. So if you want to dig deeper, look up that article. And how could we know that giving all of our personal information to a single company might work out poorly? Who could have known that? You know, look, you can Google all the controversies or you can buy one of I think maybe a dozen books from former Facebook employees who took their millions and then became whistleblowers. And for the low, low price of $13.97, you can let them blow you, on you. I mean, on you, of course. There are truths buried in their complicity. It's not lies they're telling you, but it's kind of ironic that what fuels their freedom is their former captor. So by the time Mark Zuckerberg announced this rebranding from Facebook to Meta, our bullshit detector's, asphyxiated themselves we ran out of patience for facebook and all of its controversies and now facebook would become the world's premier provider of a non-existent service the metaverse now i don't know if you've seen the demo i'll I'll try to play a clip in the video version of the podcast but basically it looked like a slow child's etch-a-sketch of the matrix where everything was a zoom call but nothing was as sexy as a 1999 Keanu Reeves. And I don't care how straight you are, I am very straight. However, if we had a deal with our respective uh, wives or lovers or whoever, and you have that, what do they call that when you have that person, like uh, your loophole person? <laughs> I don't think that's the name of it, but the person that you're allowed to cheat with, I think 1999 Keanu Reeves. I think most guys who go, all right. And then they negotiate for whoever they want, probably Whoopi Goldberg. Now, of course, that does not apply to 2022 Keanu Reeves. In The New Matrix, he could barely lift his leg and the writers can barely lift a pen. That thing was horrible. In fact, the entire metaverse Matrix concept should be abandoned just on the basis of how horrible that sequel was. Anyway, there is a possibility that I'm just being a dick. The world's most ambitious visions take forever to materialize. If you looked at the first car, like from the late 1700s, it was basically a bicycle, a wooden carriage, and like a, a steam engine that runs on coal. You never would have envisioned a Tesla in the 1800s looking at that piece of crap. So I get that. What we're seeing now are early first drafts they're going to look very ugly and oftentimes misfire or malfunction. Now, the reason I think I'm not a dick, look, (laughs) I may very well be in a lot of situations, but in this situation, I think I'm justified. And, And hear me out. First, Facebook's most important user base is dwindling. All coolness of social networks comes from The black community, from young people, from rich people, because they're showing off their stuff. They have all these great backdrops and they have all the time in the world to waste hours. And rich kids are the foundation of this. And they've all moved on to twerk on TikTok for China. And without them, the coolness factor is gone. Uh, Of course, the Steve Factor is still there, but just barely. Also, the company has lost the trust of every single stakeholder. Businesses. Remember, everyone was advertising their Facebook page. Oh, follow our Facebook page. Well, all those pages are irrelevant because no one sees those posts. Now, if you want to show your posts to the people who follow you, it's pay to play. And even then, it's not guaranteed. Advertisers they've been advertising into a black hole. I've got a lot of theories about the advertising algorithms on Facebook, Google, and a lot of these ad networks because... Who knows what you're getting? They're not telling you, they're like, oh, you want to bid? Oh, well, let me buy a cake because I want to bid. Like, what does that actually mean? Because the the entire process is completely opaque to you. The only way you could really tell is if you've generated sales or you had signups or maybe clicks to your website, but even those can be faked. There's actually a lawsuit right now that alleges that Facebook and Google rigged ad prices. If this thing is completely a black box that's invisible to people, why wouldn't there be fuckery? Because there, there was in every other capacity in their business, why not there? And creators only just now started getting a revenue share. And at some point, Facebook told everyone, hey, why don't you switch to video? So ironically, they are doing the same thing now that they told their creators to do. Hey, switch to video. But guess what happened? Facebook used those videos to get people to stay on their site and didn't really let them click through to the sites of the creators because, well, maybe we'll get eyeballs and they got nothing out of it. You're a sharecropper for Facebook. And a bunch of these media companies, they went out of business because Facebook told them to shift to video. They hired all new people and then the money never came. And the only one who came is uh, Mark Zuckerberg all over his stash of cash. (laughs) Facebook also screwed developers. At some point, they limited their access to their own APIs and data, so they couldn't really build on top of their platform. And they also crippled a bunch of apps that they thought were a threat to their business. They played dirty, and now they're kind of in the same boat. Parents aren't thrilled with them either. Now, you do not want to mess with parents. Facebook was keeping secret a bunch of research that shows Instagram caused depression in girls. Now, I wrote about this in, I think it was like 2013. Like, Not that I had any data, but it was so obvious that this is a depression machine. Imagine scrolling through everyone's greatest hits all the time. You start to feel like your life really sucks. And yeah, it does compared to everyone's best day, especially with all the rich people that you can follow. So now you could see them on their jets. You could see them on their new spouses. You can see them everywhere except, you know, in your life. And of course, just regular users. Not only are we getting tracked on Facebook or websites that have Facebook codes or Facebook like buttons, but it is insane how many apps sell our data to Facebook. And what they do is on the back end, they match up our email or phone number to activities on their app, like Uber or all these other apps. And they will use that in the Facebook advertising profile. And of course, all of it was completely misused against us, you know, whether it was just targeted advertising, which is fine. I guess we know that's the bargain. But a bunch of shady companies like Cambridge Analytica, a bunch of foreign trolls, I think uh, it came out maybe two months ago, where 19 of the top 20 uh, conservative pages were run by a foreign troll farm somewhere in Eastern Europe. Now, of course, this was a huge opportunity for our politicians to rise to the occasion and grandstand. (laughs) So they just started calling in all of these tech execs, especially Facebook. And the only thing you learned from all of those hearings is that you could actually feel worse. Because when you saw that our leaders had less understanding of technology than an average panda... You were like, oh, my God, these people are in charge. These are the ones who are writing legislation. They, they, their questions were insane. And, and I realized why some of them were asking the questions that they were. They're all trading stocks on, uh, <laughs> on these tech companies. So they get all this insider information and closed hearings, and then they go out and they trade stocks. Nancy Pelosi and a couple of the Republicans have better trading records than Warren Buffett. Like, they should just start a hedge fund. That would be way more useful. At least then, you know, Congress is useful. Now they're completely useless and bureaucrats. But at least if I could invest money in their insider information, I could make some money, too. Now, in practice, all this attention from government, at least in the U.S., ends up attracting a lot of regulatory scrutiny. So right now, Facebook is having trouble getting acquisitions approved. So they bought this, uh, or tried to buy, this uh, virtual reality fitness app called Supernatural. It's not getting approved. Now, I, I don't know what kind of dominance Supernatural has. I mean, I don't know who's working out in those stupid headsets, but hey, you know, they wanna buy it, and now, you know, because of public scrutiny, they might not be able to. Now, in Europe, things get even crazier. So you've seen even American websites have those GDPR warnings where you just have to click OK. Like you don't even know. No one clicks. No one understands what they're clicking on. But it just became this annoying thing. Europe loves to regulate. As much as we love to regulate, they're like 10x, whatever we are. And now Facebook is threatening to completely pull out of Europe because they've instituted all these restrictions on profiling and user data. So they're not really going to be able to run an ad targeting business with the proposals that are out there. And the greatest irony, of course, is Facebook totally shafted developers who tried to build on their platform or tried to use their Facebook Connect technology. Now they're being shafted by the very same thing because they, a few years ago, went all mobile. You know, that's the future. That's how people are going to use social networks. So Instagram is a mobile first app. Facebook became mobile first. Well, guess what? Apple and Google just announced something called IDFA, which basically restricts a lot of the data collection that Facebook got from the phone. So now they're not even going to be able to do targeting. They're probably going to lose billions on that. Now, I did a a piece a while back. You should check it out if you're at all interested in digging deeper called Surviving Platform Risk. Just look it up on stevefactor.com. I think I did a short piece on that in one of my other podcasts. But really, it addresses, do you build on someone else's land and property? Like, how confident are you that they're not going to change the rules? Well, these guys just changed the rules and they're going to lose a lot because they rely on this duopoly of Apple and Google. And then the Oculus, they acquired it to be the foundation of the metaverse. This thing is losing at least $2 billion a year. It's a crazy number. And when you wear it for extended periods of time, it gives people headaches and also causes chronic virginity. And look, Meta is still extremely profitable. Facebook has. I think 1.6 or 1.7 billion users. Instagram has a billion. There's probably a lot of overlap, but still, these are household brands. And they can afford to buy almost anything except their own reputation. That's the one thing they can't get back. They've incinerated so much goodwill that from now on, every battle will be uphill. Okay, that totally felt like I was Edgar Allan Poe, just for a moment. That that was not intended to rhyme, but it did, and I'm really excited about it. So meta might just end up being a branding exercise or a case study in Harvard Business School or Joker Psychiatric Ward. It also might just be a head fake that didn't work. Oh, all your problems were with Facebook. We're meta. I don't even know who you're talking. You said Facebook, but meta is a completely different place that does only wonderful things. And we have tons of reputation. We've got a completely new logo. Things are totally amazing. What spying? What Cambridge Analytica? That was Facebook. You can't even Google that because you Google uh, meta and Cambridge Analytica. It's going to be confused. So there's a little bit of that. And also maybe it was just a fever dream. Maybe this metaverse thing was an insane idea and not so much that the idea is bad, but who the implementer was, was a problem. I don't think we're moving back into Facebook's world anytime soon. That ship has sailed. We're certainly not trusting it to the extent that we did. There's a second deeper problem here, which is time. Facebook's promise of the metaverse parallels Uber's promise of self-driving. In both cases, these companies are promising something they might not be around long enough to deliver. So in Uber's case, its finances are atrocious. The only way it could make money is if it has self-driving and eliminates the cost of drivers. But we're probably 10, probably or maybe even 20 years away from that. And they're business may not hold up long enough. Facebook's in the same boat. They're predatory data, or I called it (laughs) predatory. I made up a word, it looks better in print. But yeah, they're data predators. They are also not likely to hold up both in terms of the business model and their reputation for the 50 years it's gonna take for the metaverse to take hold. Now, you might be saying to yourself, 50 years, Steve, you are insane. You have no idea how quickly these technologies move. Yeah, if you look at things through the lens of gaming, which is primarily how VR is used right now, you have a ton of kids, young adults, shooting aliens in VR. That's a very profitable niche recreational market. It's entertaining, it's stimulating, it's escapism. Now, you could make the argument that the kids who are playing virtual reality games today, and when I say kids, (laughs) there's some 40-somethings doing it too. So whenever they mature, if they mature, you could make the argument that they're going to spend more time in VR because the whole time the technology and the graphics are improving. I don't think so. Because if you still want to have a real life and earn a living, or you want to have a family, or you want to wipe the look of panic and disappointment from your parents' faces, you're still going to have to unplug. You're going to have to live in the real world. And I don't think they're going to be playing those games as adults as they are today. So what's it going to take? What's it going to take to create an adult metaverse? It's going to take something much more profound. Providing purpose. Unlike augmented reality or AR. AR is built to enhance your physical real-world experience. So all the cool kids are going to be out at the club wearing their, you know, smart contact lenses, ogling and Googling hotties in the corner, trying to see if they could find their Instagram account so they can find out some insider information to to meet them. That's what they're going to be doing. Now, the virtual reality shut-ins are completely different. They're going to be knocking over Ikea lamps in their studio apartments while strapped into these machines. That's a completely different person. That's a completely different existence and business model. Bottom line is millions or billions of adults aren't going to strap on these crude, stupid looking glasses the way they are today. That would be like expecting cardiologists to start using leeches as a cure or Uh, Football coaches to start using those leather helmets from the 50s. It's just not going to happen. It's that crude and cruel. So what's it going to take? I don't think it's enough for adults to just see and hear the metaverse. They have to feel it. It has to provide the pleasure, the validation, the conquest that's no longer available to a lot of people in this world. It has to offer highs that are unreachable or unaffordable in people's everyday physical lives. And maybe it has to close this gap between people's actual accomplishments and their expectations. So the metaverse has to become the drug, the sin, and the faith that we need if it were ever to materialize. So what's the next big leap? Now, I'm working on a really cool exploration of what I just talked about and what the real matrix and metaverse might look like. And it's going to blow your mind. So I I encourage you to subscribe and share this with others. But we can measure progress either towards the metaverse or away from it based on milestones, like specific achievements that we either make or we don't make. And the next achievement isn't going to be greater graphics or better controllers or uh, even AI. The next milestone is connectivity, physical connectivity. That's where we connect our physical bodies to technology, our brain to the cloud and our senses to the digital world. But it has to be done in a way that feels natural. Everything about this experience right now, our body's rejecting. We weren't built for this. So you have to feel, and your body has to be tricked into believing that you're having a real physical experience as opposed to some placebo, which is what wandering around and breaking your furniture is. Now, the closest project to this right now that I'm aware of is Elon Musk's Neuralink. And he did a demo. I'm gonna include the link to the demo in the uh, the show notes and the newsletter. Essentially, what it does is it translates, it's an implant that goes into your brain (laughs) which already sounds amazing. It takes those electrical impulses from your brain, translates them into data, and can send them to devices for analysis or to control those devices, or can send them to impaired limbs. So if you're someone who can't walk, it would be able to uh, send those instructions to, let's say, you know, artificial limbs that will help you walk or control your hand if you lost a hand. So it's Amazing in principle, it hasn't been delivered yet, but it's exactly what we're going to need to get to that first milestone towards the metaverse or the matrix. Even if we were to solve the science, what we still have to solve for is trust. Who would voluntarily connect their brain to the cloud through an implant? I barely trust the Wi Fi in Starbucks. I'm going to connect my brain to, to Elon Musk's little gadget. It's insane. In fact, during his demo, uh, his gadget lost connectivity because of a bad Bluetooth connection. So imagine you're driving somewhere and then, you know, there's a little bit of interference and your whole body collapses and your car crashes. We might be as far from the science needed to create the metaverse or to create this next step of connectivity as we are from achieving the trust that's needed to inspire it. And that's exactly why Facebook will not be our metaverse provider, and probably neither will Neuralink. It might have to be completely open source, managed and coded by a nerd army on GitHub, because that's really the only way that we at least achieve some level of trust. And maybe this thing needs to be mandated. You know, China won't think twice about doing that. Of course, in America, we would never, ever do such a thing. Now, of course, if you did want to get on a plane or into a restaurant or into your office, you might want to consider the Neuralink Pangolin 4000, which, by the way, special offer, now comes with a free year of Johnson & Norton antivirus. Why would you say no? Think of the world that opens up to you. Your job, getting places to see your family, food. It's a miracle. That's it for this episode. Hope you enjoyed it. Please, if you did, tell a friend, share it with others, and support the show on patreon.com forward slash mcfuture. Tons of member-only episodes up there and more on the way. There's an exclusive sneak peek coming later this week. Until then, I'm Steve Factor. See you next time on The McFuture. And it's kind of funny that, you know, you're like, what's Elon Musk doing here? He's building robots, he's building cars, he's building spaceships. Now he's got a brain implant. Listen, this all makes sense. So you could be a stupid teenager who dove off off a cliff and became paraplegic. And yet, because of his Neuralink technology, you'll still be able to drive a Tesla, maybe even fly a SpaceX rocket and instruct your Tesla robot, and everything will be powered by Tesla solar panels. This is synergy, my friends. This is what every single company wants, and they're going to get it, and it's going to start inside your brain. It's sort of funny that most of our energy today still is steam-based. You could have the most sophisticated nuclear reactor or any kind of power plant, and all it does is heat up water and the steam turns a turbine, which creates electricity. It's really crazy that we still technically live on steam.